I am excited about the Word of God tonight. Do you know that the Bible said where two or three are gathered together in my name? You finished this. Yeah, there I am, Jesus said. So we could be in a garage somewhere. We could be uh, in a little hallway, a rented room somewhere. We have this beautiful structure that God has blessed us with. And not that you have asked, but I'm going to give you a piece of business information just so that you can praise the Lord with us. It is not a plea for anything. If you think this is an underhanded or behind-the-back plea, it is not. But this $2 million structure, we only owe $80,000 on the entire thing, and we'll be out of debt completely here. That's a blessing. That's good management, good stewardship, and a blessing from the Lord. That is nothing. Don't let your suspicious mind think I'm asking. I'm not. I'm glorifying God for victory. Praise the Lord. I have a good friend. I have a precious friend tonight who pastors in Colorado. Brother Stacy knows Brother Purdue. I talked to him just last night again. And he has a, just on his church note, uh, he probably, I'm sure he wouldn't want me sharing this, but he, he hates Facebook, so I know he's not watching tonight. Hello. Just the church note, not, he's got a half dozen buses he runs, not the utilities and keeping the lights on, but just the church note is between seven and $8,000, he told me. So he preaches on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, and then he evangelizes Friday night and Saturday night, and he's 67 years old running the countryside. What a relief I, that we don't have to be under such pressure. I pray for my friend. He's a, he's a hardworking, dedicated man. I'm not casting stones. I'm, I'm praying for him. He knows I love him. But what a, what a relief. What a, what a pressure off the back, huh? I'm looking at the Psalms of 119th chapter tonight and a verse that so many of you have memorized. If you're going, do your thing. Go ahead. But Psalm 119, 105, most of you, probably all of you young people memorize that, right? Thy word, let's read it together, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Everybody again. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Do you think God was caught off guard when the writers told him what his word is to him? You know what your word is to me, Lord? It's a lamp to my feet. When I'm in your word or I'm feeling inspired because of your word, it's a light to my path. It clears things up in my life, what it does. When I'm at a crossroads and don't know what to do, he said, it's light. And my title is from his word. Thank you, precious God, for your mercy tonight, for your understanding and loving kindness. Bless this beautiful people tonight with inspiration from the word of God. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Look at somebody and say, from his word. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. I know I'm preaching to the choir when I say that I really enjoy, I love talking with people that love the Bible. I enjoy talking with people that are challenging me by the Bible or through the Bible 
or don't believe in God, I enjoy those conversations also. But in particular, I enjoy talking to people that not just acknowledge the Bible, but they love the Word of God. That is a true expression of iron sharpening iron. I like to talk to people about anything that I'm familiar with. If it's sports, I love uh, Brother Rick and I have been to lunch several times. It's been a while, but we would talk about everything from geography, but we'd always end up in sports, and I love that. I love talking about sports. It's just something I'm passionate about. Now, it is not my God. I don't worship it, but I enjoy it. Nothing wrong with having recreation in your life, right? Things you do that you just can let your hair down, proverbially speaking, and enjoy. I enjoy talking to people that love the Bible because the Bible is an amazing book. Can I get a witness from somebody? It is an amazing book. But I have to say this, Facebook or anybody that else might be interested, the more I study the Bible, the more unintelligent I feel. I extracted a word I had written down here and I put unintelligent because my initial thought was, this. The more I study the Bible, the more stupid I feel. Somebody's with me tonight, huh? It's so vast. It's so extensive. It's so profound. It's so high, so low, so deep, so wide. The facets we will never be able to touch. The Bible is amazing, and God shared it with you and I. How blessed are we tonight? But if I've learned anything, and I'm not saying I am anything, but if I've learned anything about the Bible contents, is that I have learned to recognize the voice of God when He speaks to me through His Word. You might ask me why God doesn't answer your prayer, and I, I'll have a few reasons, I think, but it may not satisfy you. But I know that I know that I know when God speaks to me out of His Word. When a verse of, in the Bible that you're reading or listening to or looking at, when it stops you in your tracks, that's God speaking to you. You make a whole, whoa, 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 what did that just say? And you roll your Bible back up and you turn that page. That's the voice of God telling you, I'm trying to communicate to you in that verse tonight. I've learned that through the years. I've read that scripture or that chapter or that book hundreds of times, and God knows I'm not lying to you, hundreds of times. But for some reason, tonight or today or tomorrow, something jumps off the page out of that verse to me. That's the voice of God in his perfect, intimate timing speaking to you and I. Because the Bible said, John 1 verse 1, that the word was God. And to add to that, when the preached Word of God, I don't know how many hundreds of times I've been told through the years, or I've told other ministers that came to preach for us here. When the preached Word of God addresses your personal questions and or your confusions, 
Things you, many of you have told me, I was just trying to get an answer from God about that recently, and I haven't talked to anybody about that. I've heard many of you say, I haven't talked to my kids, I haven't talked to my parents, haven't, haven't Googled it anywhere. I've just been trying to get something out of God. And the preach word comes along. That's the voice of God talking to you. After all, the Apostle Paul said, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. He's not saying God considers preaching foolishness. He's talking about how the world views it. By the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. That's why the Bible said in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick. That word means quickened or made alive. It doesn't mean fast or swift. It means alive. The word of God is alive. And it pierces. It gets inside, gets behind the walls, inside the heart, in the closets you've got closed up. Even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, mind and spirit he's talking about, the joints and the marrow, the most private concerns of life. And it's a discerner. It's a mind reader. It knows what you need. It knows what you're thinking. It knows where you're going. It knows where you've been. It knows how you've wrestled with it of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. There were two men walking down the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24. Jesus came up next to them and walking with them and talking to them. And he asked them, what are they so sad about? And they tell him, and he starts communicating them the scriptures, that they're in a real, real intricate place in their walk with God. They didn't even know who he was. Is it possible that God has been talking to you? We don't even know who it is. Yeah, it is. So the scriptures can talk to you when you read them. The, the Lord can talk to you when there's preaching concerning your special needs. And sometimes God is working and talking to us. We don't even know where the voice is coming from. It could be coming from a friend, a companion, a book you're reading. A thought you had. And they said this after he disappeared. They said, wow. You know, when he was talking to us about the scriptures, I don't know how you felt, but my heart was on fire. In fact, in the CEV it said they made the statement, the scripture that he was saying or talking to us about really warmed our heart. You come to church, in my opinion, whether it's encouraging and uplifting or just feeding your soul and you're on the edge of your seat or you're just taking notes and going back later and doing your own personal research or maybe it's kind of a, a one of those services, unlike tonight, where just God is bringing us all to our faces in repentance. That's okay, right? You know... I don't know where any of these preachers ever got the idea that church should always be about skipping rope and 
handing out lollipops. There are sometimes God speaks to us all and puts us on our face in repentance. Anyway, my point is this, that God and his word are inseparable. If you get it through direct reading or listening to the Bible, or you get it through preaching, or you get it from you don't know where, that word that God gives you is no, there's no separation, no divide from the Almighty himself. I said his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to my path, but it's going to get quiet right now. Tell me if I'm a prophet or not. going to get real quiet right now. There's two things that scare me in the Bible or about the Bible. Not a single amen. Not one amen. True. There's two things that scare me about the Bible. You're dismissed. Everybody go home. One thing that scares me is what I know. And having to deliver that when I know this person can't handle anything meaty over here. Every time the, every time the scriptures or the service gets heavy, they check out all of a sudden. They either go outside or they check out emotionally and my phone blows up tomorrow. One thing that scares me is when is too much and when is not enough as a, as a shepherd to bring, what to bring. The second thing that scares me is what I don't know. What I know and what I don't know. Because I, I, I'm nobody tonight. I'm nobody and I realized that and I made a vow to God Decades ago, how much time I would spend in his word. And the more I see it, the more I stay there, the more I realize how stupid I am. So it scares me the things I don't know. A witness from anybody tonight? But I will tell you two things tonight. No, let, let me just say this. 1 Corinthians 13, 9. The Apostle Paul said, we know in part. And we prophesy or we preach, is what the word is there, in part. We preach knowing what we know. Now, I'm not into debating. I'm going to stand up for truth no matter what revelation you think you just found, all right? Because when it comes to doctrinal revelation of the Scripture, we have been given everything that God wanted the church to have. The hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And we are to repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We know that. There are no extracurricular revelations about the plan of salvation. But we preach in part. Knowing in part. That's why we are told, Brother Carlos, where are you? To seek the Lord. Not once. You read it. Continually seek the Lord. Because we know in part. 
Now listen, if everybody in the room, I don't think it's the case tonight, but probably the majority of the people in here have been born again of water and spirit. Majority of you have. I'm sure there's one or two cases that, uh, that are not, that's not the case of. But the majority of us have obeyed the plan of salvation. So I can't get up here every single service and preach Acts 2.38 to you. It's part of what we are. It's our DNA. It's in our, in our makeup. But there's 31,700 plus verses in there. And Paul said, we know so little about all of that. So we have to seek the Lord. Acts 17.27 said, if happily, if happily, if happily, we might find him. Though he be not far from every one of us. There, that's what I'm talking about. We hear, we hear from God sometimes and don't even know it's God talking. Though he be not far from every one of us. But because we know in part, it's the things that I know that scare me about the Bible and the things that I don't know. Because we know in part. But we're not left there as some excuse we're just told, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. But there's two things about the Bible that comfort me too. What I know and what I don't know. You just think about that a moment. Two things that comfort me about the contents of God's word that we know in part. What I know, what I don't know. The Bible said, Psalm 119, verse 130, that the entrance of his word gives light. That's the seeking process. Lord, I am frail in my knowledge. I'm fragmented in what I know about you. Because I've preached all these years, and you've studied all those years, and you've prayed all those years, our knowledge is still incomplete. So we seek Him. But we find comfort in the fact that where we seek Him, there's light. Hallelujah. If there was no hope, there'd be darkness. But in His Word is light. So God not only wants me to seek Him and take comfort in seeking Him, but He wants to show me that he's behind our searching for him by giving us the light of the word. What I know about the word comforts me. And what I don't know about the word comforts me. Psalm 119 verse 49 said his promises revive me. And his promises comfort me. That's the word of God. They revive me. They comfort me. You could be going down that highway called depression in life tonight. You could be going down that lane just with no answers to what's going on. Hey, it's winter time. These guys that tell me from Texas... Hang in there, Dad. I mean, uh, hang in there. Some, summer's coming. Anyway, 
His promises revive me and comfort me. They provide light to me. When I'm confused, I feel like I'm in the darkness. But every time I get in his word, every time I hear the preached word, every time God speaks to me and I realize, hey, I think that's more than just my voice I'm hearing right there. There's light that comes in. There's reviving that comes in. There's comfort that comes in. From his word. That's why Solomon said, my son, attend to my words. Come on, cross the bridge of parallel tonight. He's talking about his advice to his children. But God is extracting from that an, an, an eternal promise. That we can look at that as God telling us, listen to me when I talk to you. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from my heart. Keep them in the midst. Or let them not depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart. For their life to those that find them and health to their flesh. Have you found the word of God to be just that to you? It comforts you when everybody around you is falling apart. Now here's one last little scenario. And I know the answer before I ask the question. But have you ever stumbled upon good advice while reading the Bible? I don't mean just something that jacks you up, but I mean advice. Something that directs your life. Steers you in a certain direction. It's there. It's there. I've become self-conscious since Sister Heather Short, ever since you mentioned this to me. But every service I mention my dad, I know that. And what can I say? It's just, he, he's just an ever-present thought in my brain. But my dad taught me how to shoot, load and unload semi-automatic rifles and pistols, how to hunt, how to survive all the things, how to live. He taught me that, but he advised me. He advised me hundreds of times. Read the Bible, son. Read the Bible every day, all the time. And I, I think about him. There's so many things in the woods out there, Brother Mike. I see him. I remember him and I sitting on that log or crossing that creek. And it just, I can't get away from him. not trying to get away from it. But all that he taught me, I'm so grateful for. But the advice he gave me about the most important thing in my life. Twenty-one times in Proverbs, Solomon says, my son, followed by the words of loving advice. Now, it's sad to think, you theologically minded among us, it's sad to think that people might believe that those statements were only meant for Rehoboam. Now, if you, if you like genealogies, I don't know who does, but 1 Chronicles 3, verse 10, it mentions the sons of, the daughters of, the sons of, the daughters. And it says the son, singular, Solomon. doesn't say sons, singular, son of Solomon, Rehoboam. Now, it's hard for me to digest or get my mind wrapped around the fact that this loving advice by the wisest man that ever lived 
was left for some reprobate, some rebellious child, Rehoboam that shunned his father's loving advice and wise counsel. No, it's not left for Rehoboam. It was meant for you and I. When he, when he says, my son, when he says, my son, that's Jesus saying to you, talking to you, my son, my daughter, my child. So every time you read those statements that Solomon made, he's talking to you. So advice or counsel that's godly is something that you should cherish. Something that steers you to the word of God is something you should take heed to. Good advice. Someone said, and I quote, Some people love to give good advice because it saves them the trouble of being a good example. And I guess that's why that advice from my dad sunk in because he was a good example. I pray for me that I don't get distracted tonight. How do I say this and sound humble? But I would venture to say my father read the Bible more than a lot of preachers I know tonight. He talked to you in the woods on the trail one day, you told me. So, so impressionable is the Bible's message to people that are hungry to hear the voice of God. In, in Proverbs chapter 2, 3, and 4, Solomon mentions the path of life repeatedly. Do a little homework for yourself sooner, sooner than later. He mentions the path of life over and over again. 2 and 8 of Proverbs, he said, my words, if you seek God, God preserves your path. So it's not all about him submitting us into involuntary worship. Say, I love you or I'll break your neck. That's not what God does. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, you can all quote that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways. Mm. I've talked about this before. We all have ways. And so many of our ways are not ways that are pleasing to people. We have rebellious ways, stubborn ways, hard-headed ways. Outspoken ways. We have ways about. That's just our way. But if we acknowledge him in all of our ways. Lord you know I'm this way. That's acknowledging him. Not I'm this way because you've made me that way people. It's somebody else's fault I'm this way. If we acknowledge him, God, you know this. 
whatever it is, you light it up. I've got a bad temper. I'm depressed. I can't forgive people. I'm the, whatever. Line up the, the excuses. If we'll acknowledge him, God, you know that's who I am, and I need help in that way of my life. In all our ways, acknowledge him. He will direct. He will direct. He will direct. First, he preserves. Second, he directs. Anybody tonight will acknowledge, will you acknowledge with me? We need direction sometime in life. Again, as an example, in Proverbs 4.18, Solomon said, My words, if you serve God, he will perfect your path. He'll bring you to that perfection in, his, in the pathways to God. So Solomon's advice was this. Seek, trust, serve. I don't know what the answer is, Pastor. Seek Him, trust Him, serve Him. Well, I need more than that. Seek Him, trust Him, serve Him. You can't possibly get more than that. That covers every venue, avenue, expression of life. From the Word. From his word. So it's from the word that God counsels us. You ought to pray that. You ought to, I'm, at, I'm just offering you that advice tonight. You ought to work that into your prayer language. God, would you counsel me? Speak to me. Give me counsel like I'm sitting across a desk from you, God. Talk to me if I'm thinking crazy here. Change my mind if I'm thinking something is not pleasing to you, God. God's word will counsel me. God's word will condition me. It's progressive, but it's true. He'll counsel, he'll tell me, or he'll nudge me about a verse over there, or he'll prompt me about something he reminded me of before. That's counsel. And then he conditions us, meaning he preps us. Because counsel means I haven't been doing it that way, so I need help getting there. So he preps us. Speaks to our heart. He manipulates the way we think. He alters the adjustments we make in life. He speaks to us through the word. When you read, he speaks to us through preaching. He speaks to us through means and methods we don't even know how to identify. He speaks to us through each other. And I'm not talking about hanging out with some gossiping snoop. I'm talking about iron, sharpening iron, and praying people, talking to praying people. I think I lost that one. All right. God counsels, then He conditions. And finally, and most importantly, at least to many people, he comforts us. All in his word. I can't tell you the number of times I've just had to say I don't know when people ask me for advice. Because I don't know. If I don't know, I'm not going to tell you. But I do know where you can go. 
I know you can say, God, I don't even know what to do. Thank you, man. I don't know what to do, where to go. But direct me. When I read my Bible tonight, when I'm laying down, would you direct my thoughts to go somewhere so that you can counsel me? So that you can condition me? And in all of that, you know what? We get comfort out of it. I'm all right if God will comfort me. Eli told Samuel, Eli, the high priest, told the boy Samuel in the house of God. Samuel's trying to find out, who's this voice talking to me? He finally gets the gumption or the knowledge, let's go talk to the preacher. And the preacher says, I don't know. Eli offers no advice. He says, but this is what I think you should do. If you hear God calling you or what you think is a voice you need identification concerning, I want you to say this, speak, Lord. Talk to me. Talk to me, Jesus. I need help and understanding. Excuse me here for redundancy, but I'm not apologizing for it. But if you check out here when I start this, I ask for your pardon. In the ER that night, Brother Mallory, I was trying to get my dad to talk to me. He was awake, and I was cracking a joke and joke or two, trying to be funny, trying to get a smile, some kind of reaction. Very little. One point in time, I've told so many people this. I touched him on the arm. I said, Dad, everything's going to be all right. And he just rolled his eyes at me. And so much water under the bridge since then that I, I've come to this realization, and it only means something to me. That I really didn't need my dad to talk to me those last few minutes because he'd already spent his entire life teaching me. Read the Word of God. I wanted to hear his voice. I wanted him to say, it's going to be all right, son. I feel like I'm getting better. He rolled his eyes. And... I'm just telling you today, I feel like, and this is not hype, I I don't need anybody's pat on the back. I'm not searching. I'm not fishing for it. I didn't need what I thought I needed that night. Because he'd spent 80-something years, or at the time, whatever it was, 59 years or whatever age I was, teaching me that the most important thing in life is the Word of God. Because it always counsels, and it will always condition, and it will always comfort you from His Word. Stand with me tonight. Go ahead, bro.
Ted. Thank you for your comfort. And no means that I want to leave that like Sister Heather was complaining about that. She, she was doing the same thing. Sister Heather was, was kind of emotionally high five because of the fact of how it's, it's gone. And she opened my eyes to something. But God is so good. His word will be there when no one else will be there. His word knows exactly what I need, when I need it, and where I need it. It's so uncanny, but that's silly to say that. It's designed with such intelligence to speak and minister to every need. God can minister to the front row and the back row at the same time through his word and completely different ways. Let's lift our voice to the Lord tonight. Thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy and understanding. Thank you for your loving kindness and helping hand. Thank you.